Welcome to episode 22 of the G5 High, where we aim to bring you all the honey from G5 college football. I am Justice, joined by my co-host, Luke. How are you doing tonight, Luke? I'm doing all right. Uh, today was just a grind. Uh, you know, have this have this plan that I do with the kids every single night. You know, this or this. You know, things change. It's not like the exact same thing, but we have a – I go to the gym. They have a little daycare there at the gym. Kids get watched. You know, we usually have dinner before. They weren't hungry. So then I'm like, okay, well, then I'll put it, everything in the refrigerator. We're going to go to the gym, get back. And they don't really want to eat, but then they kind of want to eat and they want to watch TV. And it's like, nope, can't watch TV till you eat. It was just like things just didn't go to plan tonight. Uh, it wasn't as smooth as other nights. Uh, we got to bed a little bit later than normal. People are fussy. I don't know what it is, but yeah. It and then when I was at the gym, it was leg day, but uh you have those days where you're excited to be there and some days that you're just trying to get through it. And today was a day I was trying to get through it. And it's been it was a grind today. So I am excited to talk a little bit of AAC uh conference talk, things changing here tonight. How are things with you? Going well, man. Uh, no gym for me, but uh, I've, I've been going to physical therapy. I have a little bit of been having an issue with my Achilles. So, uh, yeah, that's always fun. My, my Achilles looks like an Adam's apple. That's the best way to describe what it looks like. Um, it's just swollen and not happy. Huh. So, uh, was this yeah, like think, you were walking or? Like um, I don't, I don't know that there's any one single thing that set it off, but you just woke up one day and it was just. Well, it, okay. it, it, it was only bothering me when I was running. And then, and I'd say probably in November, all of a sudden, like, just walking, it hurt. Um, and so I finally got in to see a specialist at the end of the year. And then uh, he basically just put heel lifts in my shoe and said, I'm not allowed to run, walk around barefooted and do that for a couple weeks and come back. And I'm like, okay. So I go back, saw him last week. He put me in a boot, and I get to go to physical therapy twice a week. So. All right. Well, hopefully you get better. 
Yeah, I think tomorrow they're actually going to do some uh, dry needling. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Kind of like acupuncture, I guess. Um, But they're going to do it a little differently where they're going to put the needles in and then they're going to put electrical, put e-stem on the needles. I've never, um, so I've never had that before. I've had dry needling done before, but I've never had it with the e-stem. So it'll be interesting to see. They wanted me to, you know, just experience it once to see if I felt it was helping or not. And if it helps, we'll keep doing it. If not, we won't. So, oh, and I got big news tomorrow, my birthday. Well, happy early birthday. So, yeah, I'm pretty. I kind of forgot about it until this weekend when my <laughs> wife is like, What do you want to do on Tuesday? I was like, I don't know. Do you have the night off of work? She's like, Yeah, I took the night off all right like let's go do something it's like it's your birthday like oh kind of forgot uh, do you, you, know, do you after... have like a favorite meal or a favorite cake or uh i have a uh, favorite cake would be a crock pot uh reese's cake it's like your vanilla cake you put it in a crock pot uh you put peanut butter in with chocolate uh syrup and then you crumble uh, reese's peanut butter cups on top of it and uh the reese's pieces uh a little hard uh kind of like the m&m stuff you sprinkle that on it yeah it is great never had it but Um, it sounds awesome yeah it is it is great meal wise we're having loaded baked potatoes and steak so i'm i'm excited for that nice kids will probably have a peanut butter jelly (laughs) <laughs> they're oh, yeah, not yeah. a mistake oh yeah well i mean like you go through the cycle like where the kids get like a hot dog right and then then, then maybe they graduate to hamburger and then and then and then they want their own steaks and um my kids though you know now, now that they'll eat good steaks now you know I don't, I don't know what the age was but i was at some point where like they were complaining like their steaks were different than me and dad's and mom's steaks right because we're eating like filet or, or, or new york strip and they're just basically eating sirloin and um so then at some point i said okay well i, I got them fillets as well and my son asked for the ketchup i said no sir nope. <laughs> ain't happening I, you can have ketchup but you ain't have you're not eating a filet and getting ketchup <laughs> if you want ketchup you're gonna have a sirloin buddy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, well I, I I don't know if I told you this story. Um, quick story before we, we get on to the ACC. I'm, I'm I promise, guys. So my dad would always cook the steaks, and they would always be like, "Well done." So I always like had a one steak sauce with my steaks all the time. And I I start dating my now wife. I go over to their place, and you know her dad makes a steak, and it's like medium. And I've never had a medium steak before. I'm like, okay, like, this is okay. And I was like, do you have any, you know, A1? And her dad just felt like so offended. Like, you know, a good steak does not need sauce. And I was like, okay, like, this is the first time I've had, you know, medium steak. You know, it's not like, you know, then I, you know, found out like what good steak was. I was like, oh, like I just grew up all my life. This is all I knew. And, you know, it was life changing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I hate it when I see someone go into like a Ruth Chris or, or, you know, a Shula's or something and 
orders a filet and then asks for ketchup. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Or ask for it well done too. Like, yeah. I don't know. But anyway. The worst we, part is we, I don't we, think my dad tries tried to make it well done. That's probably the worst part. <laughs> we digress. Uh, so th- this past week, before we get into uh, the American Athletic Conference this past week, Luke and I participated in a uh, way too early mock draft with 11 other industry folks that CFF uh, Jared is doing, Chasing the Natty Jared. And... Um, yeah, we did that. I mean, it lasted about a week. We started last Monday. I think we finished up Friday. I think, I think so it started on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday because we got Wednesday? together on Monday. We got oh, yeah, you're right. Monday. You're right. You're right. Tuesday. It was, like three, on Tuesday. it was like Tuesday, so it was like four days. Three yeah, days. Nine, uh, nine rounds. Um, won't disclose too much because Jared is going to uh, have a special uh, episode come out, uh, I believe, next Monday. 29th uh luke luke and i recorded our video for that earlier today um nine nine rounds six of our nine picks were g5 we had uh three i guess our first pick and our last two picks were power five guys right yep so uh yeah we we didn't go all g5 but we went we went g5 for the majority of our picks so uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it, I guess, after that gets released, and we don't want to steal all of Jared's thunder, but we do want to thank Jared uh, for the invite, uh, including us with his other uh, panel of experts. So that was pretty cool. Big big step for G55. Year one and and making the the industry way too early mock draft. So feeling good. Yes, yes. It was good. Uh, great opportunity that, that, that Jared gave us. Actually, absolutely appreciate it. So, as we said last week, um, we're going to start a series where we're going to kind of go over the transfer portal and coaching changes on a conference-by-conference basis. Tonight, we're going to start with the American Athletic Conference, and the first team up is a brand-new team to the conference uh, in, in, in 2024, and that is the Army Black Knights. And I'm going to let uh, Luke kick us off with the coaching changes. So coaching changes, OC Drew Thatcher is out. In is Cody Worley. He has been with the team the last four seasons. He has been the quarterback's coach since 2020. And in 2023, he was added the title of run game coordinator, which, um, yes, that's what Army does, runs. So um, he's now been promoted to OC. So, you know, I wouldn't expect big changes there uh, from an offensive scheme standpoint. Justice, who's who's leaving? Who's coming? So um, I only have two guys that I mean, and this isn't a, a comprehensive list. This is just kind of us or, or me looking at and seeing, hey, who, what, what of these, which of these are impactful as far as who's coming, who's leaving, um, who's leaving. Um, not really impactful because no one probably rostered this guy because he's a wide receiver, but um, he, he did uh, transfer up to the uh, the Power Five, and that's why wide receiver Isaiah Austin uh, going up to Ohio's, uh, Iowa State. And then uh, probably a bigger blow for this offense is running back Jacoby Buchanan uh, is out of eligibility. 
Um, but they do return uh, Kanye Ude, Udo, who was a, uh, a freshman last freshman. year, and, and looked it looked really really good. For yeah, them. he had a he had a couple good games there uh, sprinkled into the season. Uh, Tyrell Robinson also returns at quarterback. Um, nothing of consequence. Both Dwayne Coleman and, and Bryson Daly return. Um, Wide right receiver. In addition to Austin leaving, they lose Ajuan Marshall and uh, their third receiver um, as well. So they do have some work to do to replace those receivers. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, you know, we're not really interested in, in receivers at Army. Um, probably the most impactful thing that I, I can take away from this roster is they lose eight offensive linemen, um, eight of 16. So, you know, they'll be replacing um, – I believe three three starters, maybe four starters, um, and then just losing a lot of depth along that offensive line, so that that could have an impact, um, you know, on their ability to run uh, next season. And you know, obviously they're joining the American uh, first time. You know, they were FBS independents, kind of made their own schedule, but now they'll be in the American uh, with Navy and everyone else in the American as well. Uh, next up is the Charlotte Forty ers so Tim Brewster is in as associate head coach and tight ends coach. Um, he was the tight end coach at Colorado last year um, and at Jackson State in 2022. He had some stops in the NFL as an assistant coach. And his big thing that he is supposed to be really good for is uh, recruiting. So hoping to help. Uh, the 49ers there with recruiting. He was also the tight ends coach uh, at Florida while Kyle Pitts was there. So he's had some talented guys, you know, in his room before. But uh, I forgot to mention Clint Kubiak. Uh, yeah, Kubiak is out um, as OC. And Mike Miller is in. Uh, he has spent the last four seasons at Maryland. He was the tight ends coach each season and was added to the co-offensive coordinator in 2022. Um, so I have to dig in a little bit there to Mike Miller for for this coming year. But those are the two, two big changes. Uh, Tim Brewster is associate head coach, um, which makes me think that uh, oh, is it Brett, I'm trying to think of the head coach. Oh, um, uh, Biff Puggy. Biff, Biff. That like he might be like more like one of these guys is going to be probably more the X's and O's guys, while the other one's more of a CEO type head coach. Um, which adding an associate head coach maybe thinks that you might be doing a little bit more of the X's and O's. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I had that to guess. Be, I would agree with that statement. So I think Biff is going to be that that personality that is around that uh, sleeveless shirt guy. And uh, yeah, I think those are the two names that you need to know: Mike Miller and Tim Brewster. All right. Uh, as far as who is leaving through the portal, uh, a guy that I was really high on last year, um, running back, true freshman Darrell Robinson. He got hurt, um, and, and then he, now he's in the portal, and he has gone off to UConn. Um, 
that one really surprised me because you know Pogi was his uh, <coughs> high school coach, so um, not sure what happened there. But anyway, he, he's moved on to Connecticut. Uh, two of their quarterbacks are gone: uh, Jalen Jones and Dom Schaffner. They are both out of eligibility. Who is coming in? Uh, you got quarterback Max Brown, transfer from Florida. Uh, and then you got two two running backs. Going to be interesting to see kind of who, who takes the lead between these two guys as far as that backfield. I think that's really like where, in my opinion, if, if you're looking for potential fantasy additions from Charlotte, it's going to be the running back, especially if there's, you know, one true workhorse running back. Um, and the two guys they bring in are C.J. Stokes out of Michigan, who we've seen at Michigan. And he's been, you know, he's had some good games at Michigan. And then the other is, is a guy that uh, came from Iowa State, who I think a lot of people had high hopes for, um, but he never really did too much at Iowa State, and that's uh, Cartavius Norton. And then they also bring in a wide receiver from Middle Tennessee, Justin Olson. Looking at uh, other returnees at quarterback, uh, Trexor Ivy will is still there. Um, he started a couple games for them. So it's probably between him and Max Brown to kind of run that offense next year. At running back, uh, Hashan Wilson, who kind of blew up, uh, I think, the next to last game. He had like a monster game um, for Charlotte. Uh, he returns. And then Shadrick Bird also returns. Uh, Bird had entered the portal, but then he decided to return um, to return back to Charlotte. Um yeah, other than that, there really isn't much else to, to mention uh, with Charlotte. Um, I think the, the big takeaway here is to kind of pay attention in the spring and, you know, early parts of the uh, fall camp to see, you know, is C.J. Stokes or Cartavius Norton kind of taking, getting a stranglehold on that job. And I would anticipate it's going to be C.J. Stokes. Um only because C.J. Stokes went to Michigan in 2022, and that's Biff was still at Michigan um, at that time. So there's already a, a relationship there, and I can't imagine, you know, if you're not listening, uh, you know, he knows what he's getting in that type of player. Um, he's been around him, so I feel like if there's any bad blood or he didn't like what he saw, character issues, things like that, he wouldn't be there. So I would give a leg up to CJ Stokes. Yeah, and, I, and I've seen, I feel like we've seen more of CJ Stokes. Like we've, we've seen him perform at a higher level than we've seen Norton, um, you know, at least to date anyway. All right. Uh, next up is the East Carolina Pirates. Yeah. So coaching changes here. Donnie Kirkpatrick is out as OC. New OCs, John David Baker. He did a, th you know, this. I'm gonna have to do a d big deep dive into East Carolina Pirates and like their tendencies and things in a Substack article or whatnot. But he did a three-year stint at Old Miss, where he served as the co-offensive coordinator and tight ends coach for the past two seasons. Before that, he was named the passing game coordinator and tight ends coach, ending. Uh, a two-year stint with USC uh, where he served as a tight end coach in 2020. So um, he's been there with Old Miss and USC. 
also, um, so he did his time at USC under Clay Helton. He was also named to 24-7 Sports 30 Under 30 in 2020 is um, one year after he was named the Offensive Quality Control Analyst uh, for the Trojans during the uh, 2019 season. Um, he was also the quality control coach for North Texas d- for three seasons, 2016 to 2018. That, if you remember, uh, Jaden is it Jaron Darden? Um, Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden. He, you know, he blew up. I think he ended up getting drafted by the Bucks, Tampa Bay, yeah. maybe. So, you know, he's had, I think he's going to really like to pass the ball a lot uh, based off of things I've been seeing. Uh, or reading, I guess, and then being at USC and, and Ole Miss, I think they are, are definitely going to favor the the pass game. So I'm going to have to do a little deep dive into East Carolina. You know, we've got a quarterback leaving, a new quarterback coming in. There's there's some stuff to figure out there. Justice, what? Who's leaving? Who's coming? I think the big the big takeaway for East Carolina is who's coming, right? The guys that are leaving, they're really of no consequence, um, at least from an East Carolina perspective. So uh, who's leaving? Quarterback Mason Garcia. He's transferring to Austin P. Um, you know, no big loss, no big shocker there. If you followed the East Carolina uh, team this past year, their quarterback play was left a lot to be desired. Um, and then they lose running back Gerald Green, uh, who's off to Troy. Now, who's coming in? Um they're bringing two Power Five quarterback transfers, Caden uh, Hauser from Michigan State and Jake Garcia, last at Missouri, also formerly uh, before that he was at Miami. They are bringing in tight end Casey Kelly from Oregon, wide receiver Anthony Smith from NC State, and wide receiver Winston Wright from Florida State. Um at quarterback, I mean, yeah, I got to believe it's either going to be Hauser or Garcia to start. A um, little disappointing to me because I really liked Raheem Jeter there. Was kind of surprised they didn't give him any opportunity towards the end of last year. He was a uh, one of their recruits last year, one of their higher recruits, quarterback, uh, true freshman. Um, I'm not sure how he'll fit in this new offense if it's going to be super pass happy. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. He has not, he, he didn't leave in the portal. Um, Rajay Harris returns, Marlon Gunn returns, uh, Camaro Edmonds, uh, Javius Bond, who was a, you know, promising freshman last year, got injured. Um, all those guys return at running back. Um, you know, they, they do return, uh, one of our favorites, Chase Soul at, uh, receiver. He was a redshirt freshman last year. Uh, we talked about him numerous times as far as a, uh, a potential pickup and someone that kind of really came on towards the end of the year. Um, so, you know, I, as Luke said, interested to see what Luke can uncover when he kind of digs deeper on this offense um, and kind of see what the what what uh, is there, you know, a certain wide receiver position that is targeted more often. But, you know, it, it sounds like this new OC is good news for Chase Ole. Yes, yes, that's what that's what I'm hoping to find. So it'll be a name to to stash away in your fantasy drafts. All right, uh, moving on to the Florida Atlantic Owls. 
Well, this one was easy for me. There were no coaching changes here. So uh, when it comes to, you know, Florida Atlantic and some other of these schools that do not have any coaching changes, uh, you really like that for continuity, um, especially if it happens to have the same quarterback and, you know, you have the same OC head coach, uh, quarterback, you kind of have an idea of what they want to do. So, yeah, who's leaving? Who's coming? So, uh, unfortunately for Florida Land, despite no coaching changes, uh, continuity is going to be hard to come by. They, they, they are losing a lot. Um, so, Casey Thompson has gone. Um, he, he started the year, got injured. He's now off to Oklahoma. Um, Daniel Richardson came in and started uh, the, the rest of the season. Now, he's off to Florida A&M. Uh, stud wide receiver, LaJonte Wester, is off to Colorado. Uh, wide receiver Javion Posey is in the portal, has not announced where he's going. Wide receiver Tony Johnson is off to Cincinnati. And wide receiver Jaquan Burton is out of eligibility. So you can, I mean, immediately see, like, they, from a quarterback and a wide, their passing game's got to be totally rebuilt. Um, so who's coming in? Guys that might be able to help that. Um, you got Cam Fancher coming in uh, from Marshall at quarterback. And then you got uh, two receivers. You got Marlon Johnson coming from Buffalo, and then George Johnson the third coming in from UMass. Um, you know, my initial expectations is that you know that the, they will take a step back from offensive production this you know this coming year. Uh, while I like Fancher, I don't think that they have another Lejonte Wester on, on the roster right now. Not you know not not that I. I would be comfortable calling anyone the next Jonte Wester in this offense. Um, so, yeah, I think the passing game is going to take some time. So it's probably going to lead to them um, leaning on, uh, you know, the running game perhaps. Uh, Zuberi Mobley still there. Um, but I just think it's kind of a somewhat of a rebuilding year for, for FAU on the offensive side. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you are going to want any parts of this uh... – FAU offense this year. Yeah, I mean, maybe Cam Fancher if you know, if, you know, because there's dual threat ability. But um, I just don't know that you know it's your, you can't expect a whole lot out of this offense. Um, next up is the Memphis Tigers. All right, tell me about a team I am ex- excited about. We got Memphis Tiger coaching changes. Same head coach, same OC, defensive coordinator um matt barnes who he is out he took the co-defensive coordinator job at mississippi state uh jordan hankins was promoted to the defensive coordinator so this will be his fourth year at memphis uh he was previously the linebacker coach and assistant special teams coordinator from 2021 uh to 2023 and then we've got uh, Lou Espinito. Uh, he will also be a co-DC. He spent the last seven seasons as a DC at Western Michigan. So uh, defense-wise, they will have a little bit uh, a shakeup, which defense-wise, they weren't all that uh, stout. They led for a lot of high-scoring game, which definitely you know helped with Seth Hennigan's um, Blake Watson, their, you know, their input 
or output, I guess, with getting the ball a lot. But having having the continuity there with head coach, offensive coordinator, and and um, Seth Hennigan there at quarterback, I think really is going to make Memphis a a frightening team. And if they can figure out the defense, I might think that Memphis has an outside shot, and we might be talking about them being that. G5 team that makes the playoffs this year. I would not be surprised if they're able to get things going. I know we'll get to them, you know, when we get to the Mountain West, Boise State's got a lot of things going for them, uh, but there, there's something here about this Memphis Tigers team that I, I really like, and and one of them's coming in as a running back, so tell me who's coming in, Justice, who's leaving? Yeah, so uh, who's leaving? Um Probably the biggest loss is running back Blake Watson, who is going to NFL. He's also out of eligibility. Um, and then they somewhat, I guess not super shocking, but I, I think a lot of people like this kid um, and, and think, think, he, think he had a future at quarterback for them, and that was Tevin Carter, who is transferring down to Tennessee State. Um, who's coming in? So, so, you know, like we said, Blake Watson, a big loss for them, um, but they landed a big, uh, a big running back in the transfer portal, and that is Mario Anderson transferring in from South Carolina. And they also are bringing in wide receiver Jair Shorter, uh, most recently from Auburn, but most people probably remember him at North Texas because he didn't really do much at Auburn. Um, yeah, like like you said, this is just an offense that uh, we are both really high on for this coming year. And they return Seth Hennigan, return Rock Taylor, uh, return Demir Blacomsa, uh, tight end Anthony Landfear. Uh, we both believe that Mario Anderson just kind of slots in there for Blake Watson. Um, and, you know, he, he was, you know, Mario Anderson was doing well against SEC defenses. Um, and now he's going to be against American defenses. So that's only, that's, that's even better news. So I think we both think this wheels up for Mario Anderson. Um, they do lose two starting offensive linemen, but, uh, you know, that, that's, that's not like they're losing everybody. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head that this is a team that, you know, right now looks like they, they are one of the front runners for that uh, playoff spot for the G5. And I'm going to try to pull up their uh, their their uh, schedule here. It's probably not been totally finalized yet, um, but you probably have some. But you'll, you'll at least see some of the opponents, maybe not necessarily the order in which they're playing them. So they get North Alabama, Troy. Uh, they have to go to Florida State, so that'll be a tough one there. Uh, maybe a familiar face there, head coach. Uh, Middle Tennessee. That's all that it has right now. Um, yeah, well, then the, the, yeah, they had the conference the conference schedule play hasn't come out yet, so yeah, I know so like, will, the uh, the ODU conference schedule hasn't fully. Come so out. they will play UAB, Charlotte, North Texas, and Rice all at home. Away, they will play Navy, Tulane, which we will get to, um, and UTSA, and South Florida all away. So I think those. Always playing against Navy is going to be a hard one. Tulane's kind of rebuilt everything. We'll get to later. UTSA, South Florida. So they've got some hard away games, which 
definitely want those games to be at home. But I think I think they got a good. Their 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 schedule is not the best, but uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate. It. I mean, outside of the Florida State game, I don't. You know, all those other games I think are, are, are definitely winnable. Um, and maybe even the Florida State game, right? I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me uh, that they did beat Florida State, but because I mean, you're going to have the Mountain West. Um, if you've got a team that comes out of there, like you know, presumably with all the buzz around Boise, they're going to have to play every year one of uh, Oregon State or Washington State. So. Just kind of depends. They'll have another. I mean, Grant, those teams don't match up to a Florida State, but I think the right. committee would look at that. So, and I'd rather play a you know Florida State early in the year when you don't really know what's going on at quarterback and stuff than being like in the SEC where you have that cupcake game, you know, week thirteen or twelve, whatever week that is. So I'd rather try to you know go on the road early. All right, uh, next up is the Navy Midshipmen. So we've got Grant Chestnut out as OC, Drew Cronick in. Uh, he was last at the head coach at Mercer, where he put together a 28-17 and 17 record over the last four years. Don't really know a lot about Drew Cronick. But I'm going to go ahead and guess that Navy's going to run the ball. They're going to run it a lot. Which, again, if you're not too familiar with, you know, the armies and navies, they have you have weight restrictions. Um, you have to have your blood pressure, you know, in a certain area. So your guards are you're not, you're not going to get these, you know, huge guards. You're going to have smaller guards, smaller tackles. So that's, and they run a particular style. And I think, you know, if you're not very familiar with it, you know, just kind of FYI, I think, you know, they have to run a certain way because of the recruits that they get in because of, you know, these restrictions that you have to be to go to army and, and Navy. All right, uh, who they're losing? They're losing two quarterbacks, and Ty Levitai and Xavier Arline. They are both out of eligibility. But you know Blake Horvath, who who played uh, played quite a bit for them uh, this past year, he returns, um, as well as Braxton Woodson and Teddy Gleaton. Um, that that's really the only like you know the big losses. All their that they're the main guys running the ball. Dab Fofana, uh, he returns. Um, Anton Hall returns. Uh, Brandon Chapman. So there really isn't. Uh, I mean, they lose receiver Jaden Umberger, but you're not you're not rostering a, a Navy wide receiver in college fantasy. Um, I mean, I, I dare to say that you know probably none of these guys are rostered in most leagues. Um, You'd have to be in a super deep league, and maybe you rostered a quarterback, right? But their quarterbacks haven't been fantasy friendly um, in the last few years. They just rotate so much; they have they haven't found the guy. Now, if they do find the guy, maybe maybe you know you could you could hit on something with this offense. But uh, until that happens, it's kind of an offense to kind of stay away from from a uh, from a fantasy perspective. Yep. 
All right. Uh, next up is North Texas Mean Green. Another team I am very excited for. Why is that, Luke? No coaching changes. Going to keep a lot of things the same here. But personnel is going to look a little bit different. Justice is Personnel is definitely going to be definitely going to be different. They they lose a lot on the offense. Um, they lose quarterback Chandler Rogers going over to California. Running back Oscar Attaway the third going to South Carolina. Running back Io Edie going to James Madison. Wide receiver Trey Cleveland's in the portal. He has not said where he's going. They lose uh, star receiver Jamori Macklin to Kentucky. And wide receiver Roderick Burns is out of eligibility. Um, so basically, from a skill position standpoint, they have to they have to rebuild this offense. And they did they did add they did they got some nice pieces in the portal. Um, so they got uh, quarterback Chandler Morse coming over from TCU, running back Zach Evans coming from Minnesota, running back Trey Bradford coming from LSU, and wide receiver DT. T. Sheffield coming over from Washington State. Um, all nice additions. Um, I'm excited to see what Zach Evans can do if he can kind of take that yes. job. He was someone yep. I, I liked at Minnesota. Um, He's got that great running back hands. room is. He's got great hands. That running back room is kind of wide open for him. Um, so I'm excited to see Morris as well. Um, Morris, the key for Morris is staying healthy, right? He has been the TCU starter the last two years. Um, he was the starter the year they went to the, the, the went to the Natty, but uh, he got injured. Max Dugan took over, and, and that was kind of history. And then same thing last year. He was the starter going into last year, got hurt. Josh Hoover took over and kind of and kind of ran away with that job. And so, you know, Chandler Morris for him, he just got to stay healthy. If the kid can stay healthy, he could have a phenomenal year in this offense. And then. Um, we see DT, DT Sheffield, you know, not sure what happened there. Washington State kind of left midseason. Um, but hopefully whatever that issue was is behind him. He can come over and, and, and potentially be a, a wide receiver one for this offense. Yeah, because if if you guys remember in the you – know, he had a great uh, spring – was it spring or fall practice? And he had, he had a, good, a good game there where he was just lighting up as fast as lightning. Uh, I'm really excited to see what DT Sheffield can do. I think he's a great late um, late pick in drafts. Total upside when you're you're out there just you know trying to fill out your the rest of your team. And I guarantee people are going to forget about DT Sheffield. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um. And next up is the Rice Owls. All right. Um, now, I don't like this as much as M Memphis and North Texas, but still good. No coaching changes here at Rice. So the biggest losses for Rice are in the passing game. Uh, JT Daniels, who retired. I don't think he had eligibility left anyway, but he <coughs> medic medically retired uh, at the end of the season. I quit. You can't fire me, Justice. I quit. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Luke McCaffrey is off to the NFL. He still had eligibility left, um, so a little surprising that he, he didn't stick around. But So he's off to the NFL. Um, and really the only significant um, 
you know, player coming in is a quarterback and it's EJ Warner. And, um, you know, that, that's a pretty big get for Rice, getting EJ Warner. He was, uh, you know, he was Temple, right? He was the Temple offense. When he, when, when he, when he played, Temple, you know, had a shot to win games. When, when he wasn't in there, they, they really didn't, um, they didn't do much. Uh, so excited to see, you know, uh, CEJ kind of take over for JT Daniels and this Rice offense. Uh, Dean Connors, you know, I know, I know, is a Luke favorite uh, returns at running back. Um, and then as far as receiver, you know, Kobe Campbell, uh, Rawson McNeil, uh, a freshman that kind of, um, you know, played really well this past year. Um, so, you know, the, those guys are kind of keeping an eye on. And then uh, Bowden Groen, a uh, tight end who we've talked about before as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the, this offense could be a, a somewhat of a sleeper offense. And and when we, you know, do our, our quarterbacks, you know, 30-30, JT Daniels was in there. EJ Warner was at the top. So I anticipate it will be, you know, very similar. EJ Warner might, you know, drop down a little bit, but I think I think he's going to be a great fit there. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a this is a, probably an underrated offense that people, you know, might might like I said might forget about might forget about uh, Warner and and Dean Connors and um, I don't know who's going to be the the wide receiver one, but that is definitely you know they got they got a couple options there. Um, so I, I'd definitely be paying attention in the spring to see kind of who kind of stands out for them. I'm trying to remember the tight end at, at Temple, David. David Martin Robinson's out Martin of Robinson. eligibility, but yeah. he So he, you know, EJ Warner and him had a nice, yep. uh, uh, I don't know what you, they're thinking up. Yeah, a nice connection there. So maybe, you know, tight end, maybe he just feels really comfortable with that. That might be. Something just to watch early on, see if the uh, the tight end gets peppered there early. Absolutely, and Bowden Groen was someone that we talked about, you know, a few times this year, uh, with when, when JT Daniels was still playing a quarterback before he got hurt, who had some nice games. All right, uh, up next is the South Florida Bulls. All right, now really excited about South Florida. No coaching changes. We get to see this offense uh, in the second year, um, and, and I, you know, year two in an offense, quarterbacks more comfortable, wide receivers are more comfortable, linemen are more comfortable. You get uh, <clears throat> um, the terminology a little bit better. You know, I feel like they had some some issues getting the play calls, even though they're moving fast. That takes a little bit getting used to, especially in South Florida. Uh, it can be a little bit hot uh, going and going, getting that conditioning. But now you get a chance to bring in your own guys, um, other than the transfer portal stuff that you you know when you get to town, you go through. But now you know you've got a recruiting class here, and I think this is where South Florida starts to uh, turn the corner. Yeah. Um... They, they really lose no one of consequence. Jerry Bohannon um, is transferring over to BYU. Um, really, the only notable notable transfer in that, I, that you know may have maybe have some interest 
is wide receiver Abdur Rahman Yassin, who's coming over from Purdue. But, yeah, I mean, this was an exciting offense last year, um, and they pretty much return everybody. Uh, Byron Brown, who's probably quarterback one, quarterback two, um, I think going into the season for CFF, um, he's certainly high. He's certainly a top three, right, I would think. Uh, and then but, I, I uh, mentioned coaching stuff, but Alex Golish, I forgot to mention the the name there. So trying to do a good job with with names and, and teams and, and stuff this year. So they return uh, Naquan Wright at running back, uh, Sean Atkins, their uh, their all star stud wide receiver returns. So yeah, I mean they they should just kind of pick up where they left off. They, it's another year in this offense. Um, and just speaking from like what I you know what what I hear from people at Old Dominion who runs a very similar offense um, to Tennessee and what Alex Golish did Golish did well as well here at South Florida um, is that you you know after in year two you kind of see a big difference um, where especially with receivers so I'm interested to see if that kind of light kind of clicks off on other receivers other than Sean Atkins obviously you know Sean Atkins came on really strong. Uh, the second half of the season, but yeah, definitely uh, excited about this offense and, you know, wheels up and, and, and I'm not, I don't know if they're a complete enough team to compete for that, um, that playoff spot yet. I don't think so. Not yet. But uh, from an offensive standpoint, they are, they are one of the better offenses in in all G5. And, you know, You'll have Byron Brown at least for another year, assuming, you know, you can't predict the future and transfer portal stuff. But, you know, you'll have him at least for, for his junior year. And then, you know, if the NFL says he needs to go back another year, you've got you get two more, or I guess three more years. But the big thing here with uh, Sean Atkins is um, he was the program's first 1,000-yard receiver. So, you know, Golish making – an impact right away and if other wide receivers can step up in year two and maybe he even makes a bigger step in year two sean atkins uh that's a great wide receiver room that you might want to try to find a piece of one other thing i wanted to note was that uh freshman uh, quarterback israel carter did enter the portal but they were they convinced him to come back to south florida so um interesting there to just what what that dynamic was, I don't. Maybe he didn't get a lot of. And I can't believe he didn't get a lot of interest in the, in the portal. But maybe he wasn't there, and I don't know. Like he's he's definitely stuck behind Byron Brown for this next year, um, and and then we'll kind of see after that. But uh, yeah, so Israel Carter remains at South Florida. That's, that's good news for South Florida fans. Bad news for those of us that uh, have him on our fantasy rosters. Yeah, um, but you know with. You, you see it with, you know, Florida State, they miss out on the playoffs because, you know, backup quarterback, this and that. Well, with Israel Carter back there, it's not like you're going to have to change a lot in that offense that if something were to happen, you know, he can go in there. You know, he's not going to be Byron Brown, but you're not going to have to change your scheme or change anything. Yeah. He, he is that profile that you you want there. And I think, at least I hope, a lot of teams across the nation, P5, G5, notice that, you know, your QB2 is is important. I mean, 
you've got like Ohio State out there rolling out. Devin Brown uh, gets hurt. Dude hasn't been able to stay healthy. They bring in a freshman, uh, Lincoln Kineholtz. They don't trust him to throw the ball at all. It's just like run the ball all the time. So, you know, it's hard in the season to get those reps because your starters are getting all those reps. But uh, I think having Israel Carter there and then being year two in that system, uh, in case something happens, I think he uh, he's a good fit there. All right. Uh, next up is the Temple Owls. Again, no coaching changes, but I don't like what I'm seeing here because there's a lot of people leaving and not a lot of people coming in. So, Justice, what do we got? Yeah, I think this is a this is a team that you know I'm gonna avoid. I don't know that I'll own any Temple Owls on any rosters uh, unless it's like it's unless I'm in an American only league. Um, I'm not, I'm not looking at Temple, but. So we mentioned uh, probably their biggest loss is uh, EJ Warner going to conference mates, mate rice, uh, huge loss for them. Um, they just don't, they didn't look like a, a great team when he was out uh, this past year with the injury uh, running back. Darvin Hubbard uh, is in the portal has not announced where he's going running back. Edward Sadie has gone to Gardner Webb wide receiver. Dewan Mathis has gone to Delaware state. Wide receiver Ahmad Anderson is out of eligibility. Tight end David Martin Robinson is out of eligibility. And tight end Jordan Smith is out of eligibility. And the only player of note that they have brought in uh, was quarterback Evan Simon from Rutgers. Um, yeah, there's just nothing to be excited about here with Temple. Uh, yeah, it, it looks like a big avoid for me. So uh, start your guys against Temple this year. Yeah, and they lose quite a bit on defense, too. So, um, yeah, (laughs) rough year. looks like a rough year incoming for Temple. All right, uh, next up is the Tulane Green Green Wave. Well, got uh, Willie Fritz. He's out um, as head coach. He goes to – takes a job there at Houston. John Summerall, he comes in. John Summerall was the coach there at Troy. DC uh, Shell Wood is out. He also goes to Houston. Uh, Shade Nagel out as OC. He is currently listed on the staff, but also says like he doesn't have a position. So I don't really know what's going on there. My guess is he's not back with the staff. Um, so Joe Craddock and defensive coordinator Greg Gasparato um, come in. Uh, with Tulane for the green wave. Um, all right. Uh, as far as players, uh, who's leaving? They lost uh, their quarterback, Michael Pratt, off to the NFL. Wide receiver, Chris Brazell, um, has gone to Tennessee. Wide receiver, Jaquan Jackson, is out of eligibility. Uh, the same with wide receiver, Lawrence Keyes. He's also out of eligibility. Uh, but they, they did... They, they made some impressive moves in the portal. They are bringing in quarterback Ty Thompson, former uh, highly rated quarterback uh, from Oregon. They bring in Shaz Preston, wide receiver from Alabama, and then Mario Williams, wide receiver from USC. So they kind of they retooled the they, – they lost quite a bit with Pratt and then receivers there, but they've retooled with Thompson 
Chaz Preston and Mario Williams. And then Kai Horton also returns. Um, he had entered the portal, and uh, but now he's coming back to, to Tulane. And then, you know, a, a favorite of ours, uh, running back Makai Hughes is still there. So, you know, assuming they can get good quarterback play from Ty Thompson or Kai Horton, I mean, I don't, I don't know that – that they they will miss a whole lot on the offensive end um, with these additions, and I, and I didn't mention it. Um, the Joe Craddock and as the OC and defensive coordinator Greg Gasparato, they are coming with John Summerall from Troy. So Troy had uh, Vidal there at running back. So hopefully Hughes is something similar in usage there, um, and then. You know, this last year with Troy, um, they they threw the ball around a little bit more than than they typically do. So, um, bringing in those those wide receivers of Shaz Preston and Mario Williams has piqued my interest there. Yeah, they 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 like I said, you know, on paper it appears they got it done in the portal. Um, just kind of excited to see how it works out, especially the spring. Um, with with uh, and if Ty Thompson is going to look like a capable quarterback for them, I think if they can if they can get good quarterback play, the, yeah, they're they're going to be a contender in the American. All right, uh, next up is the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. No coaching changes here, and and this is another team, man. I don't know that I'm I'm super super excited about. Um, they're losing quarterback uh, Braylon Braxton going to Marshall. Quarterback Roman Fuller uh, is in the portal. Hasn't said where he's going. Uh, the same with wide receiver Nick Rimpert. Um, they really haven't added anyone in the portal um, of significance. Um, you know, so, you know, Cardell Williams, um, you know, still there at quarterback. Uh, Anthony Watkins will be returning. Uh, again, at running back, as well as uh, Jordan Ford and Bill Jackson. Um, you know, they Braylon Presley returns at uh, receiver, Rimperts in the portal. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's hard. It, it's, it's, it's not an offense that, uh, or, or not a team that I'm overly excited about um, going, uh, going into this, in, into this coming season. I mean, Cardell Williams um, had some flashes last year, so perhaps you know he's probably the one I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, Anthony Watkins is probably a bye week fill-in. He's not a every week starter, I don't think, but you know he could pro- possibly be a bye week fill-in for you. And I know I think Cardell Williams is definitely the one that you know. If I'm looking at one guy, he's probably the one guy. Yep, and I and I know. Watkins Tulsa likes him. I think he had some academic issues two years ago, so he, he didn't play a lot, but I think they really like him there. Uh, UAB Blazers is our next team. Again, no coaching changes. Pretty much had a new coaching staff come in. You know, last year was their first year, so good, uh, good for them, not changing a lot. So who do we got uh, coming in and who's leaving? Probably their, I mean, their biggest loss is uh, Jermaine Brown Jr., uh, the running back who is out of eligibility. They have also lost uh, running back Taven Curry to UL Monroe. 
wide receiver uh, Tawan Palmer is out of eligibility. Tight end Bryce Damos is out of eligibility. The the most significant um, returner or, or most significant incoming guy that they've gotten uh, through the portal is running back Armani Goodwin from LSU. Uh, Jacob Zeno, who we talked about, you know, in our one of our 2020 guys, he returns. Um, be you you and I had a little bit of conversation um, about who we liked between you know, Isaiah Jacobs. Uh, returns at um, running back who got injured. He's kind of sharing sharing the load with Jermaine Brown Jr. until he got injured. Um, so we, we had, had a little bit of a discussion of as far as who we like better between Jacobs and, and uh, Armani Goodwin. Um, I personally lean Jacobs. Um, you know, got the familiarity there. He was he looked like he was going to have a nice year until that injury. So I, I'm going to kind of kind of stick with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they got to replace the uh, tight end. Demos was a, um, was someone that was, you know, borderline rosterable from a fantasy standpoint. Um, so it'd be interesting to kind of see who steps up at tight end. Uh, they got Terrell McDonald still there, uh, Dallas Payne, uh, Dallas Payne. So if one of those guys, you know, kind of step up and, uh, or if they bring someone else through the portal. But uh, to me, like the, the, I think the big news for me is is running back and, and watching that battle between Isaiah uh, Jacobs and uh, Armani Goodwin. And I think, you know, being in that system, knowing the terminology, knowing that playbook helps, you know, for that year. So, you know, you kind of see it. Not to this extent, but, you know, if you watch any of the NFL, uh, there was a, a recent cook that went to Baltimore. He got some run there at the end of the fourth quarter. But, you know, there's only so much some people can do with knowing the playbook and being able to execute it. And I think if Armani Goodwood wants to get on the field, he's going to need to know those uh, uh, pass protection. Because if you're not able to pass protect, you know, you're kind of a liability out there. All right. Uh, moving to our final team in the American Conference, the UTSA Roadrunners. Again, no coaching changes here. Um, I'm kind of excited. Uh, UTSA has had a system where they've got a nice quarterback. They've got two to three wide receivers that they can keep relevant uh so you know coaching wise you know nothing's going to change there but we definitely have you know a staple of of this offense leaving um but we got some people coming in justice who do we got coming and who do we got leaving so probably the biggest loss for this offense is quarterback frank harris um who also announced he's retiring, but I'm pretty sure he's out of eligibility. Um, so he's gone. Uh, running back Kadrick Cobbs is in the portal, has not said where he's going. Wide receiver Joshua Cephas, out of eligibility, off to the NFL. Wide receiver Taiki Ogul-Kellogg, also out of eligibility. Um, who's coming? Uh, probably the biggest is DJ Allen, who was a, you know, a top recruit for TCU not too long ago. Is, is coming in, and then also wide receiver J.J. Sparkman uh, coming over from Texas Tech. 
Um, I'm a little surprised that they have not got anyone out of the portal at quarterback. So they have Eddie Lee Marburger returning as well as Owen McCown. Um, I don't know whether to, I don't know whether they tried and couldn't get anyone or they're happy with with these two guys. Um, but I was a little surprised they did not try to get someone or haven't got anyone in the portal. Uh, Kavorian Barnes returns um, at running back, um, and then wide receiver uh, DeClorian Clark, who missed I think all of last year with injury. Um, as far as I know, he's still returning and he should still have a year of eligibility left because he missed this past year uh, with medical. And then uh, freshman uh, Devin McCune, who had a outstanding year um, as, as a true freshman there for them. He returns as well. Um, and Oscar Cardenas returns at, uh, at tight end. So I think, I think the big question for this offense will be um, who's going to be the starting quarterback and can they get productive play uh, if it's Eddie Lee Marburger or Owen McCallum or maybe someone they get out of the portal in the spring? But yeah, that that's kind of the that's kind of the the, the key for me for this offense is is going to be the quarterback and the play of that quarterback. And I would I would believe that would be Owen McCallum because didn't he get the start? Therefore, uh, he got the start in the bowl game. Yeah, and and did pretty good if I remember. I'm trying to look up the stats here from that game. Yeah, I know Eddie Lee Marburger was some people were really excited about him, but when he has opportunities, he did not uh, he didn't really seize those opportunities. So yeah, he went twenty two for thirty one, two fifty one, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Had thirty eight yards rushing. So yeah. I think uh, McCown Plus, he's got some pretty good genes. Might know how to play the quarterback position. Uh, you know that always helps. You know when you've got a, a great teacher like that. Assuming you know you're not like every other kid who never listens to their parents. Hopefully, you listen to a little bit of that. So that is going to wrap up the American for us for the week. Uh, join us next week. We'll be going full board that sweet nectar on the G5 and diving into Conference USA and their coaching changes and their comings and goings with the transfer portal. Um, as always, we thank everyone for their support. Uh, please like, subscribe, uh, retweet, leave five-star reviews. Uh, we're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, for another, I guess, two months or so before it's gone. But, uh, yeah, pl please, please uh, rate, subscribe, uh, leave us five-star reviews. Um, if you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. You can find us at the G5 Hive, or you can hit us up on our, on our personal Twitters. Um, I'm at justice underscore 2318. I'm at Probasco Luke, and we'll be with you next week. Right around uh, the 9.15, 9.30 or Central Time. That's my time. So it'll be 10.15, 10.30 Eastern Time, uh, Monday, January 29th. Good night. Peace out. Peace out.